everyone. Welcome to episode 32 of the Lay Film Podcast, where we discuss gems of the world cinema. And I'm your co-host, Richard, a.k.a. Richie Lehomi. A.k.a. Buff-Ass Richie. <laughs> and I'm Tyler, a.k.a. The Newly Married Man, Cunningham. I'm uh, Kevin, moving on up. Carpio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Patrick, aka uh, Pat Pat. <laughs> so welcome back. Uh, it's been a long time, so forgive us for the uh, sort of shaky intro. But um, forgive yeah. me, it's my fault. <laughs> no, it's, no, that's not. That's not you. Tyler. No, I think it's just everything that's just been going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been yeah at least like four weeks or so. So we're just getting. Um, the, into the swing of things again so um yeah we have some life updates and you know what everyone can expect from la film in the future and like tyler said he just got married so tyler congrats on getting married thank you very much thank you very much you i hope you guys had a good time honestly like the wedding itself was the most unique wedding i've ever been to like it was so picturesque and like yeah. Thunderstorms. Like, like honestly, I'll, I'll never forget it. Because Pat, I'm so Pat, Pat was drenched just <laughs> sitting in the rain. Like. Yeah, but I, I, I cut a good figure and wet shirt. I was pretty yeah. happy with the photos I saw. <laughs> Pat, you reminded me of, like, the sailor going down in, like, the ship. Just like, well, I'm already wet. Like, might as well, like, tough it through. Yeah, I'm here for the wedding. I don't care if I get rain on. I gotta show support. It's all yeah, good. That was... I'll never forget that image. Pat's like the only one sitting in the chairs. Everyone else is standing like under trees and under like cover. And Pat's just like basking in the rain. <laughs> Holly's like holding your jacket over her head. <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome. It was an awesome wedding. I had a lot of shit going on to do leading up to it. So really, these guys were ready. But I just kept being like, all right, yeah, let's do an episode. And then... Some shit would come up during the week and be like, ah, oh, sorry guys. No, oh, man. Can I mean, we do this another week. <laughs> it's completely all good. Like, I mean, you had like your birthday and like. And I bought a new place or got a new place a week before the wedding, too. <laughs> yeah, so Which added a lot. Yeah, so we're recording at your new place and it's really nice and nifty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now we're ready. We're locked in. We're locked in. We're going to the Yuba this Sunday to really channel our vibes our Jump inner chakras rocks. yeah Jump off Jump some rocks. Some rocks. skip some rocks let's all record each other um in, you know in a montage doing chopping some rocks yeah. we'll do a lay film river trip post yeah we should turn it into like a cheesy like like 80s montage like, oh no we should do that because we have been talking about wanting to add more like freeze frame like a kick midair <laughs> Try and record an episode. It's just you just hear the rushing river. It's like <laughs> <laughs> just way over the top. Pat, aka Pat, Pat. Get little inner tubes. Just go tubing and record a pod. <laughs> All the wires snake in between the tubes. <laughs> so yeah, a lot has happened since we've been gone, and we've all been mentioning about adding more content to. Our social media at Lay Film. So, if anyone's listening and hasn't followed us or subscribed to us on 
Apple Podcasts, follow us at Lay Film. Um, yeah, definitely let us know what we can add for uh, like in terms of content in the future. Since we've all been mentioning, um, you know, like doing the eighties intro, <laughs> you know, adding something to our story or even like adding some of our reviews um, on our social media. So. Yeah, get ready for that in the future, and we're definitely going to try to spice things up for everyone who wants more of the film content. Yeah, I think that um, one thing that we're going to try to do moving forward, too, is uh, keep up with consistency in terms of episodes and stuff. Um, and so there might be a few episodes where uh, we have like more guests on, or we end up uh, going back and revisiting movies that were recommended to us from uh, people who reached out. So if you have any movie recommendations, feel free to send them on over to us. And yeah, we'll, we will get to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, our email is layphonepodcast.gmail.com. So yeah, we'll definitely have that in the description as well. So email us, ask us questions, send us recommendations. Mm -hmm. Don't that? send nudes. <laughs> <laughs> send only arguments. <laughs> yeah. That's the only stuff I'll read. And you will deal with the wrath of Pat. <laughs> the, only, the only nudes I'll take are ramen noodles. So Yeah. Yeah. Definitely send those in, but... Um. <laughs> But with that being said, let's talk about what we've been watching lately since we haven't been able to give any recommendations to anyone. So, um, yeah, uh, who wants to go first in terms of... Uh, Tyler, you said you were watching... Um, or you caught up on The Sopranos. Yep, I'm on season five. I'm just slowly trucking along. It's amazing. It's just so good. Do you it's not even a mob show at all. It's like, not. That's you, the beautiful thing about yeah. it. You think it lives up to the hype? Absolutely, yeah. And I love shows with good music. I've found, I've found so many good songs already from that show. Which, if you've got good music on your show or media, then that, that just makes me like it, regardless. Even if it's, like, terrible. <laughs> just put me on a good song. Uh, I don't know what else. That, I've pretty much just been watching that. I'm really bad at, like, trying to watch multiple shows. Have you been spoiled on the ending of The Sopranos? I know how it ends, yeah. Okay, okay. With, like, the cut or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of vague still. Like, that ending, that's all I've seen in that scene. I have no idea what's, lead, like, what's really going on at that moment in that scene, so... that's It doesn't really spoil it for me. That's how I felt, too, like, going into it. Because, like, I, I also, like, heard about the ending when I was uh, initially going through it. And I've, I'm like one of those people where I don't really care about the spoilers. Um, like if somebody spoils something for me, because I, even as I'm watching it, I, um, I try to, con I try to like constellate like how it gets from point A to point Z. And even then, like, I know what's going to happen. I'm like, how, but how though? Like, I just want to see it all like wrap around yeah. because yeah. Especially when it's a series. If it's a movie, it might be a little different. Yeah, like, like if, if you spoil like a movie with a huge twist or something, that's yeah. different. I was gonna say if the if the satisfaction of the spoilers at the end was taken away from you, I do feel that. But like something with The Sopranos or other shows where it's a stylized type ending, no, you can I, know it without it being too detrimental. Yeah, I, I have a question though, because um, like with movies that rely, I mean. 
I don't want to say like rely, but um, like one of the main alluring parts of the movie is the twist of it. Um, do you think that those movies uh, have as much uh, rewatchability as a movie that doesn't rely on that sort of narrative structure? Hmm. That's a good question. I think it depends because I yeah. like the most like one of the shows I'm the most happy to not have been any spoilers was like Evangelion the first time through. Like if someone was to sit down and tell you the ending and what it means, like I think it directly undercut the experience of watching it for the first time without knowing it. Mm-hmm. But then like the sixth sense, like I still watch, that's still a good movie. Even though I know the twist ending, I still mm-hmm. find it enjoyable. It just depends on, I'm trying to think what's a bad one. Or yeah, you know I think it would, I think more often than not, it's less rewatchable. Yeah. Like, cause, um, the reason why I bring that up is because, uh, one of the movies that I remember watching, uh, in high school, was this one called uh, The Untouchables, I want to say. Um, and Wait, no, I might be getting it wrong here. Let me double check. Um, but anyways, it, like the ending, like it was all building up to like this major like twist at the end. And I was like, okay, that's the only thing I remember about that movie. Like after all these years, like it wasn't the message of the story or anything like that. It was just the twist. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so that was the person. It's like, oh, okay, um, I'm never going to watch that again. Yeah. Because I don't... But I feel like that it's mainly... I guess that another thing that could be argued with that is uh, is whether or not the writing stands on its own outside of, you know, that build-up. Well, I mean, uh, you know, speaking of Shyamalan, uh, I agree with Pat that, um, you know, The Sixth Sense is still, like, a really good movie, and even... Uh, knowing the twist or watching it over again, uh, there's still a lot to be taken in from that film. Like there are a lot of like really great details that you would uh, pay more attention to when you watch it over. So uh, it stands on its own. That's for sure. And um, I think we mentioned before, like we watched Parasite and that's the kind of film. Yeah. That's uh, another film that has like that big twist. Like if you were to tell somebody before they even knew anything about Parasite, I think, it kind of loses a little bit of luster just because everything just turns upside down, you know. With that or twist. like Confessions kind of has some mm-hmm. twists, mm-hmm. and I've already rewatched that. So, so yeah, I'm definitely the type of person that can't. I do not want to be like spoiled for, for anything. Just because if I do know the details, it's just gonna be, like, in the back of my mind the whole time. I'm like gonna try to put the pieces together too quickly and I'm just gonna be way too distracted. So like, I I usually like to go in with like a cold uh, mindset, just not knowing anything, no expectations. And I usually enjoy things better that way. Oh, and that movie that I was talking about was uh, The Usual Suspects. Oh, Oh, yeah. 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 My bad, I, I got the titles confused. Yeah, but I'm like, I don't, like, with that movie, I don't... The writing... Or even the message behind it, I'm like, what is... I can't remember anything other than the spoiler. Um, you don't remember the... Uh, Give me all your money, you cocksucker! No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> completely forgettable to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Pat, you mentioned uh, Evangelion. Yes. Uh, so, the rebuilds are coming to Prime. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, not only are they getting one point. 1.1, and then they're also getting 3.0 plus 1.0, which to me, 
I that this is the only movie that I'm genuinely looking forward to. Um, there are some other movies that you know, like I'm I'm going to be seeing Green Knight this weekend, which mm-hmm. I'm like pretty oh, I'm pretty excited oh, yeah, about. I wanted to talk about that. Is it uh, mm-hmm. coming out out here? Like it's actually releasing? In yeah. Second? Okay. It's, mm-hmm. I didn't see. It's not playing like anywhere in Roseville though, right? It's. Uh, I'm going it's only in a few theaters, like I'm, Folsom or something. I think so. And then there's also like, um, shoot. What I want to say it's it? it's UA. Oh, I'm seeing it Saturday. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm seeing at the uh, the lug. Oh, gosh, I forget the name. But it's like in uh, kind of near Arden. It's like the the laid back seating. I think uh, Richie. What was that one place we went to when we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh yeah, is it like Greenback or something? Is that what it's called? Or I don't know. We also saw uh, uh, Uncut Gems there too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that theater. Damn, I forgot I'll the name of that with, theater. Though. I might go to your same theater, bro. Hey, Those we could all go if you guys day. want. Yeah. yeah. it's um. Oh, it's Country Club Cinema. Oh. Yeah, Country Club. I, I really like that place just because it's a smaller theater. And um, they have the nice, like, spacious, like, uh, recliner seats. That is yeah. a really good theater, I remember now. Mm-hmm. And my favorite yeah. spot is the back aisle. Because, like, there's, like, a nice space in there. And, like, you always get, like, the, the end seat. Yeah. So if you guys want to go. What day? Uh, Saturday at four thirty. Oh, you're busy. I'm busy, unfortunately. It's all good. Why? Where are you gonna be, Patrick? Huh? Um, good for us. I'm going up to help my brother move back to Sacramento. Oh. Yeah. But um, yeah, with like uh, the rebuild, like the final installment of the rebuild tri- or of the rebuilds of Avon Gillian, mm. like that's the only movie I've been looking forward to, like genuinely looking forward so, to for like. Like ever since you first showed me it, Pat. <laughs> so what does that what does that entail? What is a rebuild? There is like a reboot ish, well, or they redid the storyline or something. Well, to me, I view it as like an alternate storyline, but also a continuation of the previous uh, entries in Evangelion. Because um, not only does it show some of the major plot points of the original series, I want to say. Yeah, it's 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 such a weird. It's like he's trying to redo what he did in the 90s again. Mm-hmm. That's why I've seen people, there's like big write-ups on it. Of like, like, it's kind of a reboot, but things are different and change. Is it from like original creators and stuff too? Oh, yeah. Writers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's not some studio like trying to redo it again. Oh, to, like, oh, no, not no. at all. Um, And the thing that I really enjoy about the rebuilds um, is how much more uh, context and world building is included in Ava. Um, and it also shows the consequences of Shinji's actions way more, uh, like on a global scale. And it is terrifying. Like, um, I mean, it's not really a spoiler at all, but like, for instance, in the show, when, uh, when one of the angels is coming, then you see like the fights between them. Like you never see the aftermath of like, uh, Oh yeah. yeah it's like when you watch Power Rangers, right? And they destroy the whole city, but like. And it's all good and gravy because they killed the villain, right? Exactly, but, <laughs> but also it was like, oh, just get the Dragon Balls. And fucking <laughs> but it's fix like, everything. but it's like, what happens to this uh, this monolithic creature after it's been killed? Oh, it's just in the city still, and mm, they have to yeah. like cut it up and like get rid. Of, like they show that in the rebuilds, and it's just oh, like it's so, so yeah, it's so subtle, but it's like it makes it all the more rich in in, in uh, my opinion, and because of that world building, but. I'm uh, really curious about how it's all going to be wrapped up in the end because with, I know that there's like so much, um, 
back and forth of people like, you know, being like, oh, well, the end of the, like, they either love or hate the congratulations. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah, of the original series. Yeah, or end of Ava. Like, for me, I love both. Yeah. Um, and I think that each one has their own unique message, but the rebuild, like the, the finale of it, and I, I guess it's going to be like one of the longest animated movies ever made, Holy shit. which I'm like, please, like if you, <laughs> if you want to add a few more minutes in there, I'm, I am game. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a movie where the day it comes out, I'm just going to shut like every, you know, draw everyone, draw every curtain and just like take it in by myself. And then whoever wants to watch it afterwards, like, I'm down to watch it with them. Okay. Because that is, like, that's, for me, like, I love watching movies that have, like, a very strong uh, spiritual um, message to it. And with Ava, I have to, like, watch it one-on-one because otherwise I feel like I get distracted. And I it's, like, a conversation with, like, some sort of, like, entity. <laughs> I don't know. It's so, I love it. Yeah. And, and when you say that's releasing, hmm? when you when you say that's uh, gonna be released, oh, um, all four movies are gonna be coming to Amazon Prime on August thirteenth. I want to oh, say oh, that's coming up. So if we watch it, what spoil the show? Um, I feel like you could watch the rebuilds on their own, probably. And then if you wanted to go back and watch the series, like it's like Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Like you can watch, you could start with Fire Walk with me if you wanted to which came after the first and second season. Like it, cause I feel like, um, no matter what way you watch it, it's going to be a unique experience. But if you want like the ultimate, like experience, like start with the series, uh, end of Ava. And if you wanted to like, um, you could go back and watch, uh, Oh gosh, what's the re the, the original, uh, rebuild. Um, or is it zero? I don't know. Or you cannot... Oh, Death and Rebirth? Yeah, Death and Rebirth. Okay. Yeah, that's just kind of like a, a summary of, like, the original series, right? Yeah. But it's, like, updated animation. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, anyways, original series, end of Ava, re- then the entire, like, quad... I don't even know what, if it's quadrilogy, if, that, if that's the quadrilogy? word. Quadrilogy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very... I love that it's, like... I don't know. It felt like shoot by the hip. Like the first two are like kind of like another death and rebirth where it's like a kind of summaration of the whole series. And then three, it's its own thing completely. And now four, like again, looks like its own thing completely. <laughs> Who knows what they're going to be doing. And then, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised like if four comes out and like, and he's oh, in five years, five's coming out. Four, four point four, four plus seven point seven, seven or whatever. Point six, six. <laughs> and that's going to be five. <laughs> Really, is they get to six point nine? I, I, I'm just I'm just glad that like I can actually follow this as opposed to something like Kingdom Hearts where it's like oh. it kind of follows the same like a uh, rebuilding of the like naming every, naming yeah, conventions. the naming conventions yeah but like this is like way more digestible to me but um other than that like um I've been playing a lot of video games I uh, finished God of War um, the remake or no not the remake the uh, the latest one mm-hmm. i uh beat final fantasy 7 the remake uh love that game um and now i'm playing hollow knight okay, okay. and then i'm gonna go back to resident evil 2 yeah <laughs> uh i've been watching some stuff uh with twin peaks me and holly are going through that 
it's her first time watching it. It's my rewatch. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's really good. I'm sure everyone knows about it or has at least heard about it. And yeah, I just love that. I got to get on that. Yeah. I got to get on that and Evangelion and some of the other shows. <laughs> what do you, like I was talking about earlier, what would, would you guys do that if you could like, like take a, a serum and you wouldn't like lose any time, but you could gain like all the, not, like, it's like basically like you watch the show, you know, like you, you take a pill. And then it's like, bam, I just ingested all seven seasons of The Sopranos. Well, you know, I, I heard something recently that um, a lot of people, or a lot of younger people in Japan, uh, they're watching, like, tip... I mean, they're, like, in order to keep up with anime and stuff, but with their, like, crunched, like, time schedules and stuff, they are, uh, like, people are known to skip through episodes as they're watching it and go straight to the ending and then, like, they, they're they even known to, like, skip multiple episodes and go straight to the finale to see, like, how it all wraps up. And I'm like, that's such a weird concept to me because, um, I don't know, I feel like yeah, so much gets lost that. in the mix. I would, yeah. I want to take a pill and then, like, the pill, <laughs> you can, like, remember a shot from, like, season three, episode 15 or whatever. See, but, like, what if, like, your schedule was that crunched? To where you couldn't even like sit down and watch a single episode of a show, or like yeah. let's say that you're watching like a 13 episode series or something, and it takes you like a year to finish that. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> that's why I'm so terrible because I can only watch like I have so much time, and then I I always choose these shows that have actually I got through Attack on Titan pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now that I'm on Sopranos, but, I'm, I'm like. If you, if you ever invented such a serum, I think the government would be after you because that, that's quite the power to have. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically mind control, I guess. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always find a way to like weaponize or make or monetize that's that Actually, kind of they idea. might hire me. That's like <laughs> an easy way into the brains. We need your DNA, Tyler. <laughs> I, I don't think I would do it. Just because, like, I feel like with our existence, we live in such a linear fashion that in order to experience a show in, like, real time, it helps you yeah. connect with it more, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need time to, like, connect with the characters. Speaking of time, I watched M. Night Shyamalan's Old, which is... I don't know if you guys heard of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think M. Night Shyamalan, he... He funds his own films now. I think he's been doing that since uh, when he did The Visit. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's really good to see that people actually support his work when he's actually putting in his own money and not, you know, um, going under like Disney or Universal or whatever, a big studio. Um, was it yeah. good? Yeah, like I, th- it? I liked it. Um, reviews are very split down the middle for it. Some people say it's the worst movie ever made. <laughs> but I think that um, I think that a lot of those uh, polarizing opinions come because of M. Night Shyamalan's name. More so than like the actual work itself. And I think that's more aggravating to hear when people like try to make it seem like he's this horrible filmmaker or he can't write or make movies and... Um, which is not true at all. I think he's very talented. Um, yeah, his movie is about this uh, family that go on vacation and they stumble upon a beach in which uh, they start aging at an accelerated rate. Uh, yeah, and that's the story. And um, surprisingly, for a PG-13 film, it's pretty horrifying and mm-hmm. it's very brutal and it's pretty bleak. 
And I'm like, wow. Um, it looked pretty good. My buddy called me called me after the theater. He's like, you have to go watch this. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's. I think it all depends on whether or not you enjoy M Night Shyamalan's like. Um, I don't know dialogue. Some people believe that he doesn't know how to write for human <laughs> characters or something. And in my opinion, I think he just has a very like quirky sense of like how he wants to create these characters. Like, like there's usually like a character that's much younger than everyone who's like seemingly really smarter than everybody. So it's just like you're six years old. How do you talk like that? Or like how do you, you know, how are you like using such big words and like that's not in your vernacular, you know? But then that's just us. I feel like that's a lot of people just projecting into what they think that like that character should be when it's M Night Shyamalan's. No, it's his story. It's his characters. I, I have a new appreciation for M. Night. He's, uh, like you said, like his name, like for some reason people have like a bad connotation with it for getting burned on like one or two movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, like Signs, I rewatched that even recently. Signs is like an all-time favorite now. Like I rewatched it. I thought maybe I we, saw should, we should pod that. Yeah, I love maybe. Signs. That's a good maybe. one. Signs. I, grew, I grew up on that film. I yeah. watched that film multiple times. It's so good. And just I just M Night. He's like you said. He's funding his own movies. He's still doing it in the age of like like uh, social media stuff of like who's gonna direct the next Guardians five, six, seven, eight. Right. Who's gonna be the next one to churn out like just sugar for the minds and like all the weight put on that where M Knight's just doing his own thing and just, Oh yeah. Yeah. I just have a new respect for him. I just love, and like, like the, the writing is, it's very, he can get very sentimental. He did like the sixth sense. He's like an early two thousands, late nineties, like icon mm-hmm. that like, I don't know. It feels like time's moving faster and he feels like a relic and mm-hmm. god damn that voice squeak <laughs> he feels like a relic and uh you're getting all choked up over i am <laughs> i i'm getting teared up thinking about the because like i remember the in signs the the general when he's talking to joaquin's character and everyone's like oh it's so unnatural like it's meant to be it's it's meant to be scary and the dude doesn't blink and then just like the way they all interact with each other it's like oh it's because mel gibson's character is like like repressing his emotions that's why he's so weird like that's why he's crying when he's taking food off everyone's plate <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah yeah no that's such a gr- yeah yeah it's like agree, yeah. yeah go back and rewatch that the weird little quirky like interactions build to that it feels like where he just finally lets it all out and like the kids come over and hug him and yeah it's just he's really good i love him i'm glad you uh like him too pat because uh i consider myself someone who likes uh, m night Shyamalan's films and um I, 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 and like you said, he's not doing the next reboot or next sequel for something. He's doing his own thing and, um, he's producing his own original works. And that's really great to see that he's, you know, being this like quirky, strange auteur filmmaker that's still having success, uh, in Hollywood where they're expecting you to make that big thing. But he's, yeah, he's doing this little, uh, bottle thriller. And it really works. It has Gil Garcia Bernal, who's in it. He's really famous, you know, uh, for his um, international work. Um, yeah, his, the cast is pretty diverse as well. Like, there's not, like, a huge name, except for maybe um, Thomasin McKenzie. And she was in um, Jojo the Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, and Alex Wolf. But, you know, these are all young and up-and-coming up actors. So, 
yeah, Ult's really good. I would recommend it. Definitely a three and a half out of five stars for me for a quick review. Um, it's yeah, it's sentimental, like Patrick said. That's what M Night likes to do, um, and you kind of have an appreciation for like life afterwards, in my opinion, because um, the film is centered on aging very fast. <laughs> and um yeah and some of it is bleak some of it is horrifying and some of it is hilarious and um and the twist works for me and you already know if you're watching an m night movie you gotta watch for that twist so um yeah just think of it as like a you know an hour and a half worth of a twilight episode but it's actually m night doing it so yeah see um see old and uh i've been watching mr robot i just got on the season finale of season one um i love this show man rami rami malik is freaking terrific in the lead role he's so like he yeah he has such a commanding presence and he has that big huge like eyes like that never blinks and you just like he's so good at playing a drug addict <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a junkie um yeah man this is a terrific show uh, about serial hacking i see it as a serial hacker show that's what i call it <laughs> um yeah and it, oh man uh sam Ashmel as the creator like you really see his uh his um sensibilities as a filmmaker in the series um i love that he the way he films the i guess the psychological perspective of the characters like all the like the weird angles yeah like the, the, the close super like lower third mm -hmm. headshot oh man yeah like yeah it's a brilliantly filmed show it's so well done and the writing comes together so well um yeah it's also one of those shows that if you let some dialogue slip you by it comes back later and you're like oh wow it's so neatly uh wrapped up and yeah, definitely watch it. Uh, it has Christian Slater's in it too, so that's cool. Um, an 80, 80s, 90s heartthrob who's, yeah, still in the, killing it. Yeah, he's really killing it in the show. Um, yeah, highly recommend. Um, yeah, uh, did everybody get their recommendations in before we move on to our review? I think so. Just recommend my dog to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mac. He always makes a a daily lay film appearance. <laughs> um, but yeah, with that being said, let's move on to our review. And in this week's episode, uh, it was my turn to pick. So I decided to uh, recommend um, Gotz Spielmann, uh 2008 film, Revanche. And it is an Austrian thriller revenge film. Yeah, I think that's this is the first Austrian film that we've done, mm -hmm. and it's a yeah, um, it's subtitled, it's in German, and some of it is in Russian, but we don't get uh, subtitles for that. But, um, yeah, I picked this film. What did, you, what did everyone think? Had you seen it before? Uh, yeah, I've seen it maybe like a few times before. Okay, yeah. So, I, yeah, I really liked it. 
I really didn't. Uh, I just went into it completely cold. I had no idea what what I was getting into, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was almost like two. I felt like two uh, two stories in one movie. Like halfway through, it just like kind of turned into shift. something completely different. Yeah, yeah. And I really liked that. Mm-hmm. I always like those types of movies too. Like, um, well, it's not a movie, but um, Breaking Bad always reminds me of that. Like, there's so many, like, different, like, circular storylines inside of that that this movie also shares, too, where it, like, completes, like, a full circle, and then it moves on to, like, another, like, shift. And, Tyler, I definitely agree with that, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, It was a fun... It's one of those uniquely engaging films. Yeah. Or with films like this, I like to point to the rafters, like, Babe Ruth style of, like, oh, this is going to pay off here... And I try to predict. I'll make like fifty predictions, and like six will be right. I'm like, yeah, nailed it. Uh, but yeah, it was really engaging. Uh, but one of the biggest things for me, I don't want to get into details, is uh, I'm maybe I'm not big on the genre of revenge films, but this is one of the ones with the best ending of a revenge film for me. Wow, interesting. It's a great final <laughs> shot for sure. Hmm. I think that, um, I definitely agree this movie itself. Um, I found myself like drawn in from the very get go of it. And just due to like the, the nature of like the bonds between like the characters and, um, like Pat, you mentioned, like whenever you would see something, you would like try and like line it up and see like how it all, how it's all going to play out. Like I felt the same way too. And I, really enjoyed the shifts from uh the main character Alex off to the to the couple as well um i usually when it comes to movies like this whenever um it takes like a shift away from the the leads that were introduced i find it like difficult to connect with the other characters that are introduced because i feel like a lot of a lot of the things that i've seen that try to accomplish this, the writing is so, it's so like concentrated on like the characters that are brought in first. And then it's kind of like lackluster afterwards. But with this, I didn't feel that way. I felt uh, genuinely connected to um, a lot of the other characters, including um, Alex's grandfather and everything. Like there were so many unique qualities to each of the characters and, None of them were essentially bad. It was mainly the conditions that were, you know, put in place. And I am a huge fan of, like, that moral gray area of, um, you know, exploring that and seeing how, you know, certain characters react and how it develops into um, the shifting of their bonds, I should say. And this is, like, one of those movies that I would just catch on like IFC like back in the day and just be engaged like from the get-go and just just think about it for like days afterwards so yeah I really enjoyed this movie it was, it was like a nice grounded like slow burner for me yeah, so uh, for anyone who's reached to this review and I don't know what revanche is about um, I'll read the synopsis it is about an ex-con named Alex who plans to flee to the south with his girlfriend after a robbery, but something terrible happens and revenge seems inevitable. 
So, um, I don't know if you guys know, but, um, the title revanche means revenge, but it also has a double meaning, meaning, um, second chance. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I've read that on a review and on, um, the description that Amazon gave it, uh, yeah. So I didn't know, I didn't realize that that's what it meant until after I finished a film and I read up some reviews too. So I thought that was very fitting for this film to have that kind of double meaning because there are a lot of intersecting like the storylines that lined up between like the uh the couple that live outside of the city of uh, Vienna they live in the countryside and um when they first get introduced you kind of don't know uh how that's going to relate to Alex's story where he's uh he's sort of a, a bouncer at this brothel in Vienna and um yeah he's with he's living not living but he's um working where his girlfriend works a ukrainian prostitute named uh tamara and um yeah like what tyler said um earlier there, there is a shift in the film like almost halfway through and it feels so different from being in that city as opposed to when um when we move to uh outside of vienna at this uh, village nearby and yeah um did you guys notice that there wasn't like a, a score for this film or there's like essentially like no music i actually like that a lot about it i don't even think i noticed honestly i was thinking about the edit for this episode i was like where's the I was like i gotta put music at the start and i'm like wait a minute <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Maybe you can use like some of the chirping sounds and like the the the, the accordion. The yeah, mm -hmm. or the, yeah, the accordion. That's essentially the uh, yeah the music. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I um, watched an interview that Gold Spielman did for this film, and one of the questions that um, the interviewer asked was, uh, "What was like the influence that he had uh, in making this film?" And he gave a very simple answer. He just said, uh, life. And I thought that was very poignant because this film is about life and it does feel very grounded and authentic and real. It doesn't sugarcoat anything for you. It doesn't fantasize or idealize a situation. Um, I think that's why when Kevin spoke about how this film explores the gray areas of um, of our morality. It's not black and white. It's not about good versus evil. Um, we all have that within uh, within us. And um, yeah, I think that's what I love about this film. Um, and uh, I also chose it because it's a very like cathartic viewing for me. And I think this film is about like the meditation of of losing someone or, uh, or, you know, or grief or, um, reconciling with your past. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's really helped me through things as well in life. And like, man, after that first half of the film, I was just really choked up and I understood Alex's pain. Um, yeah, just the journey that he has to go through, the um, the character study of Alex being someone who, um, where one character referenced to him later about how he's not 
um, who everyone thinks he is. Like he's a soft man. Like underneath that hard exterior is someone who's too soft for this world. And I thought that was, um, yeah, a very important line to remember. And, uh, yeah. I think with that said, um, should we get into spoilers? Sure. Um, how about we just give all of our ratings and we'll go into spoilers. Um, I think this film, it's really hard to talk about this film more in detail without spoiling it because just because, uh, yeah, a lot of things that happen in it, um, I think everyone is best served going into it cold. Yeah, and so. if, if you want to watch this movie, it's on uh, the Criterion channel. It's streaming on there if you have a, uh, if you have an account with them. Also on uh, HBO Max mm-hmm. and Amazon. Yes. So, yeah, um, let's give our ratings. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll give it a four out of five. I feel like I want to give it like a 4.5, but I don't know. I think the begin. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have anything I didn't like about this movie. Actually, it was just like Pat said. It was like a good. It was fun to watch. Like sometimes when I watch other movies, maybe that I'm. I feel like I'll have to work a little harder to like. This one I didn't have to work. Like I just sat down. I was immediately drawn in, and the whole shift and all the characters. Like how's what was his name? Housler. Housler, his grandpa, yeah. Alex's grandpa. I think he was my favorite favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then like Pat said too, it does have a great great ending. Like that final conversation is really good. So yeah, four out of five. I'm gonna give this movie a four point two five. I this movie like allowed me to just simply ingest what was being shown on screen and also like the messages that it had and also the, um, the sort of difficult decisions that each character has to come to grips with and also, uh, (laughs) navigate their way through these very troubling encounters that they have while also, you know, choosing to embrace their life, um, in spite of everything that's happened to them. Um, I, I found it to be a very uh, alluring uh, cautionary tale against, you know, you know, a, a for and against vengeance. That's the, th- and I don't, I don't want to give too much away because like I'm, I'm like trying my best not to right now. Um, but I just really loved a lot of the conversations that were had between the characters, um, especially with. Uh, with Alex and his grandfather, and then also um, the the policeman's wife. I, for, I forget her name. Um, I think it's uh, Susanna. Susanna or Susan? One of the two. I think it's Susanna. Susan. Yeah, she yeah. she was like one of my favorite characters, and um, also just seeing seeing like these very unfortunate events like happen to these characters who are just well meaning and trying to get by in life. It's it's very. I feel like anyone could watch this who who is is like a part of like any sort of developed society or anything like that or anything like I don't know I because it's like you just have these people who are just slogging away at jobs that they don't like and are just wanting to get away from these sort of situations where you you have people who have power and they completely abuse it 
uh, without even caring about who, you know, it sort of uh, damages in the process. And I thought that it was a... I'm always a huge fan of, like, these movies. Um, another one... This this movie reminded me of uh, this other movie called uh, Ariel by Aki Karismaki. And he's a director from Finland, I, I want to say. And it has a very similar premise to this in terms of wanting to escape um, the, the, <laughs> the daily slog from, like, the 9 to 5. And then, you know, being at the mercy of, of your employer... And also seeing the sort of consequences that play out because, you know, life isn't some sort of, you know, uh, real-time fantasy that you can live out like you can in a movie. Um, you know, that, that tends, movies tend to, like, glorify fantasy and uh, they're like, hey, like, if you want to escape, you can. It's that simple. And then life's great and whatnot. And, you know, we can also, like, build up these notions in our head. But this movie had a very grounded approach to it, and I and I really appreciated the perspective that it was coming from, and the the stark dynamic between the urban landscape of Vienna compared to the the lush kind of like sparse uh, wilderness and like just the forest of um, the farmland of the village as well. Like it's just two completely different feel feelings and. Like, you can see changes occur in characters as they shift from the city to the the or to the uh, agricultural landscape. And I like that it wasn't actually done all through uh, dialogue either. I like that you could actually see it weigh on the characters, like, even in their, um, like, postures. And, like, seeing, like, grief play out on screen rather than you know, just simply washed over. Like, I know I'm go I'm rambling right now, but, like, uh, there's this one other thing I saw recently called uh, Fear Street. Like, it's on Netflix. And it's, like, a three-part series of, like, a... I think R.L. Stein. It was He, like, made a, a series of books called Fear Street. And I'm just going to spoil it, because we're already in spoilers. Um, <laughs> just yeah, plug, just your ears, plug your ears. Anyways, one of, the, one of the things that really made me mad about the first part of this show is that, like, char characters die in it, okay? Like, it's a horror movie, or it's, a, it's like a, a Stranger Things-type horror movie. Oh, wait, okay. Okay, I thought you were making spoilers for the fucking movie for uh Oh no, I'm, I'm talking about I'm I'm only doing light spoilers on Fear Street. Okay, so yeah, go for obviously it. go for it's it. a, it's a play on slasher movies. People die in it. We get it, you know. Um but you don't see the grief play out. Like you see like people dying and then they're like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, that happened." And then it's yeah. all just like there's no build up to it and there's no like payoff. There's nothing. And I feel like it's a completely illegitimate or view on uh, showcasing grief. Whereas in this movie, it actually shows it. And it shows how it weighs on the conscience. And also the, the moral decisions that Alex has to make. Like, I don't know. I, I'm excited for the spoilers. I'm going to also give it a 4.25. Uh, I really enjoyed... The uh, engagement factor I got from the film. Uh, cinematography is really good. I like the. Uh, it feels like a new city, not a new city, but 
Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen an Austrian, like, from Austria film, not just one set in Austria. So, yeah, the countryside, like the opening shot of uh, Robert, the policeman, and his wife, I think. And it's like a weird, like, golden hour, and she's, like, mowing a huge yard. It's kind of like a surrealist thing that got me hooked up. Like, is this the past? Is this the present? Because the narrative shifts right to Alex in the city of Vienna. I really enjoy that stuff. Uh, I enjoyed the, uh, like Kevin said, the entrapment aspects of modern living or just living in general. There's like, there's a, early on, there's a a lot of repeating of, uh, uh, it's your decision, yes or no. And then the answer is no is, oh, we'll just think about it more. And then I'll ask you tomorrow. (laughs) So there's really no decision. And yeah, it's just great about like that interaction is a bit like the character's life of they're trapped in that specific situation. And for some people like Alex, they got to try to fight the break free and do stuff they probably, or they shouldn't do. And then, uh, there's consequences on both sides from the results of those actions. And then like it's been said before, the ending just takes a very, to me, I really like the uh, approach and the messaging compared to other like, uh, revenge films where it's more about like satisfying, like a urge in us to pursue revenge or just violence against those we felt wronged us. It's really good to see a refreshing film where it's different. It's not just killing those who wronged you. Yeah. For me, um, I'm going to give this film a, a five out of five. I've seen this film at least three or four other times now. And, um, every time I, I feel the same after watching it, I feel so like relieved at the end, but like in the beginning, you know, there is like these tense energy. Um, it's very alluring because you know, uh, what the characters are going through and like, how we've all been mentioning that how they feel trapped in this situation like there is no um, escaping it unless you do something out of the ordinary um there will be consequences for doing that um it sets off a chain reaction that affects all these other people that you wouldn't think you know uh would relate to the situation And, and i really like that about this film uh, I love the performances from um, uh, uh, Johannes Krisch as Alex. He's a terrific actor. Um, just seeing him go through the motions of dealing with the consequences of the situation that he's put himself in, along with uh, his girlfriend, um, Tamara, played by Irina Potapenko. I think, man, the acting all around from everybody was incredible. And... Um, that's really, I think that's the strongest point of this film is um, just the acting because they they were made so believable, and um, the writing from from Spielman, uh, man, like the way he ties everything together without it being, I guess, um, too unbelievable or too cliche. Um, I think that's an incredible like testament to the way he's crafted the story and how they've casted these actors for this um for this film and uh yeah man there's uh, just so much to talk about so um yeah five out of five uh yeah so let's just 
let's just talk about what we want to talk about. So, yeah, if you got to this point, watch this film and, um, yeah, appreciate it with us. No, yeah i just love that this film is like an austrian like tragedy but like there is the glimmers of hope i feel like was sprinkled in at the end um which you know made it like not too bleak because um man after that first act of the film you know you could have sworn that it was just going to go downhill from there and uh yeah this, yeah, let's talk about the first part of the film. Like, um, what do you guys think of Alex's relationship with um, Tamara? Because I thought that if that rela- that acting and that relationship wasn't strong, then I wouldn't have bought into the film. And I think that um, it had a lot to do with their chemistry and just yeah, the way they filmed those two characters. Yeah, it felt super real. For sure. I mean, uh, yeah, it seemed like they were just like a regular happy couple. Because I think the first scene is them, basically, they like walk in their houses and they just bang. Yeah, they're having uh, shower sex. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then it gets like real dark real fast. And I'm like, oh shit. By the way, thank you for, thank you guys for always watching like the weird dark sexy erotic films that i recommend to have like <laughs> these graphic sex scenes what was the other one uh simon killer yeah whatever. oh yeah, yeah. simon killer <laughs> i think i'm the only one here that like recommended movies with like really <laughs> gratuitous scenes uh, I, I got a couple this, <laughs> yeah. this is your second brothel film richie <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> we've been meaning to talk with you <laughs> but no i uh i uh to me the intro is uh the great scene with Alex when I think it's like whatever a mob boss or just some thug who like finances the brothel or other projects probably illicitly goes to Alex and he just does like a weirdly demeaning thing to Alex while he's working like oh you know he's getting older or something he's like you know why you don't get far or something like that or just like people can tell you're actually a nice like no matter what you do, we'll be able. To, people can read that you're not like a bad thug, like I am, or like we're supposed to be. So you're not cut out for the job. So you're not going to grow. And it's just like a weird thing of, yeah, scolding him for not being like more ruthless in certain yeah. aspects. <laughs> Even though he is pretty like street tough, clearly. Yeah. He just has like a, I think what a lot of characters see in the film is like a kind heart. And that's it was that's such a good hook to get you into seeing how it's going to play out. Like, how's, how's Yeah, even world he's, like, going to rob the bank with a unloaded gun. Yes. Yeah, you could you can, like, get... I mean, he only reveals, like, that, that tough persona or, like, his desire for it whenever he's with... Um, whenever he and... Uh, Suzanne? Yeah, or no... Um, Gosh, why am I blanking on her name? You talking about Tamara? Yeah, Tamara. Oh. Yeah, only when he and Tamara are together. Um, for instance, he has like the loaded gun, or he has like the gun, and he points it at her, and he like, I feel like he only does that because he knows that there's not going to be any backlash. Like he's like, because like for a split second, he's like living out that fantasy 
of being this very tough bank robber and he's like putting on this like show for Tamara and it like he doesn't like realize like how traumatic that could be for her like I don't think that that's like one of his best moments and then like there's another moment that he does it too where he wakes her up like the day after with the ski mask on and I feel like in those brief moments he's like living out the fantasy of you know actually getting away with everything and you know being this t really tough persona that he wants to be but will never ultimately give into because he is not that kind of person and even like from the very get go like um like right when Tamara's like a uh, whole storyline is being introduced with um the brothel owner and he's like trying to groom her and, you know, like, just completely disrespecting all of her, like, decision-making. And, um, like, he does that creepy thing where he's like, hey, uh, can we, like, talk here? Or, uh, oh, no, um, I need to talk to you, but we can't talk here, even though it's a completely empty room. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come by to your place tomorrow afternoon. And then, um, Alex shows up there, and, you know, of course the boss shows up, and then he has to, like, hide underneath the bed. He doesn't even do anything, mm -hmm. like because like and and the the brothel the brothel owner is like completely like waving his power like above her, and is being like, hey, well, um, you know, have a, you know, you want to take this penthouse, and uh, you're gonna have to like sleep with uh, like my rich friends occasionally, but you know, you'll be making more money, and then like at the end, he like tosses her the money. He's like, hey, like, how about a blowjob right now or something like that, and. And then he, like, starts, like, he's just, like, standing there over her. And it's like this. I love how, how well filmed that scene was because you don't know what's going to happen. And yeah, you get his perspective where, like, you see, how like, her feet when he's under the bed. I'm just like. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was like, so, like, grotesque and, like, disgusting. And it, like, really showcases, like, the horrible side of humanity. And then, like, she starts to, like, take off his clothes. And then he, like, stops her as, like, a huge power move to be like, oh, like, oh, wow, you were actually going to do it? He's like, no, I'm, I'm a good person. You can trust me. And it's like, no, like, he's just in it for the long con. Like, he's literally just doing psychological warfare on this poor person. And I don't know, I just found that to be so disgusting. And then the fact that, like, Alex can't even do anything about it. Like, he's under the bed the entire time, like, watching this happen. And I feel like maybe Alex isn't entirely comfortable in his role of like being able to protect those that he loves from the horrors of the world. And he somehow feels inadequate in a way. Yeah. And in the way, like he embraces her after that, because you can tell like she's very upset, um, but she tries to hide it, you know? And yeah, just like the nuances of their performances, like, man, yeah, I just, you don't really see a lot of movies with this type of, like, acting. And, like, how how real it feels. And even though they don't explain everybody's backgrounds, like, you kind of feel like you know them because you're, like, you're almost, like, there, I guess, in a way. And even, like, Tamara praying to herself or singing to herself or, like, hearing her speak Russian, but we don't understand what she's actually saying, but... You know, you're just reading her body language and you can tell like she's extremely anxious, to, you know, the whole time to like escape and get out of there, you know, because what she's gone through is extremely traumatic and 
her job is just so mundane. Like you can tell she doesn't enjoy it. I mean, she just stares off into space and like, you know, that she's thinking really hard about like her future probably. Or maybe even about her past too. Like when you mentioned like, um, you know, singing, like it it reminded me of like a tune that like would be sing to like their child or something. Mm -hmm. And also like speaking with her friends in Russian, like, I don't know. I feel like she's sort of like longing for the comfort that she once had. And like, there was that really depressing conversation between her and Alex where Alex is revealing like the bank plan to her and she's like oh well you know we could just like continue living like this like it's like it's not that bad and it's like someone who's just been settled or who's just been like handed such a very lackluster and just downright unlucky Mm -hmm. set of cards and just accepting their fate because they don't expect anything better to come along their way especially from the perspective that um tamara is an immigrant Mm-hmm. and she's not from uh vienna so yeah she has all the cards stacked against her she doesn't really have a lot of options like we mentioned before like she only has really one option which is to accept that offer um and that's obviously not something she wants to do and she's smart enough to detect like what would happen if she did do that and um yeah, and yeah. even even when she like keeps telling the the brothel owner, no, I don't want to take the penthouse. Like, why do you keep like pushing this on me? And when he hires that one uh, guy to come in and like beat her to get her to cave, like, <laughs> and she was, and even after the fact, like she was still gonna say no. Like, I I really enjoyed the fact that she was able to like continue like standing up for herself and not give in to this creep and it made me sad in a way for like Alex not being able to like actually show any sort of initiative other than like helping her escape like eventually but I feel like he was just so ill-equipped like there's this um that one line that Hausner says um to Suzanne I believe where uh Alex goes there after a long period of of never visiting and um Suzanne like sees him and she's like oh like who's that he's like oh that's my that's my grandson yeah he lives in the city um the only the only two ways that you can you know turn out by living in the city is by being either arrogant or becoming a scoundrel and unfortunately Alex became a scoundrel and i thought that that was such like a very beautiful like set like set of lines because it's so revealing about his character because like in the end like he became both <laughs> like i don't know but yeah I, I really enjoyed the entire like first act of it like building up you know showing like the mundanity of their lives and cuz it's like even though it doesn't detail how the relationship came to be we're kind of like given uh, enough lines to or enough dots to connect it for ourselves because for me, I feel like, you know, Alex works there as, like, you know, doing, like, a bunch of, you know, restocking things. Um, and I feel like he just met, I feel like they just met, like, on the job. Uh, whether or not, like, he, like, paid to sleep with her or something like that. And a connection, like, came up. Um, but, I don't know, I felt like their relationship was very genuine. Like, Tamara, like, the way that she acted with Alex, like, I just believed it to be a very genuine and authentic relationship. 
one where they literally just wanted to pay off Tamara's debt um, and then go somewhere else just to live a quiet life and be away from all of the the negative influences of people trying to take advantage of them. Yeah, after what happened... Okay, yeah, so we're in spoiler. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like, when she gets... When she dies... I was like, oh, or like once the shift happens, it like made me want to go back and, and rewatch the first half. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. That was just so, like, I think that was one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Alex like parks the car in the woods and he like just comes to turn with her with her death. And it's just like silence. And it's like that's such a long take. It feels like forever. And it's such good acting. Like it's I feel like I don't know. Yeah, it just felt so real. And it just hits super hard. It's so sad. Yeah, when she, uh, when they're first doing their little escape, and she's clearly been, not clearly, but like she's like, her hand goes over and she's like getting woozy and he's not aware of it at all. Mm-hmm. It was really well executed. Yeah, I didn't think, I was surprised, and I guess I should have, I probably should have, like, did you. Did you Babe Ruth that one, Pat? Of course I Babe Ruth. <laughs> Same with when, you, when the police guy is shooting and, like, his first shot is, like, four yards to the right because he, like, drew too fast. Mm-hmm. When it's like, oh, like, she's she's getting woozy. It's like, oh, he just, he missed by a mile because he's green and nervous. Yeah, and there's that foreshadowing when he was shooting at the range for the first time. And, yeah. and you see the, the target and you see, like, one bullet to the side and you're like... Yeah, I love that. And the guy tells him, like, yeah, you're, like, you're too panicked on the draw, so you, you're you're whiffing the first shot, and the rest are good. Yeah, I really like the points that, um, like, even though, like, it, it skipped forward in time, like, each time it showed, um, whether it was Robert and Suzanne's arc, or Alex and uh, Tamara's arc, like, you can, it would just give you just enough to add on and feel like it was progressing um, cause with Roberts, like you see him like living this very comfortable life, being a police officer in a village where not much crime happens. And then here him and his, uh, coworkers are at a barbecue and, uh, one of the officers is talking about like how there was a, oh gosh, was it like a shootout that happened or something? And, um, Robert's like, oh, you know, like, oh, finally like some action happens and I'm off duty. And then, and then there's another scene where, um, Robert and Suzanne are like driving, you know, back to their house. And then they see, they spot Hausner, Hausner's car, uh, you know, Alex's grandfather. And then even when he's off duty, he's like, oh yeah, I should call this in. Hausner shouldn't be driving. He's too old. Um, he's going to create like an accident or something like that. And then Suzanne's like, no, don't do it. You're off duty. Like, what are you doing? Like he, he's clearly trying to like jump into any sort of action that he could find because I feel like he himself feels inadequate in a way too. Although it's funny because he's not entirely wrong because we do find out Hausner, you know, he had these symptoms where he was getting dizzy and he would like pass out. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, like everyone's well-intentioned, but like during that moment, it's just like, you know, you got to relax, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I just find that to be very intricate, like, detail that they um, added um, that does, like, play on later. And the, there, there is, like, a reasoning for what uh, everyone's intentions are. One other thing I really liked, too, was um, 
adding the whole issue of um, Robert and Susanna trying to have a child and seeing how that weighs on their on their marriage as well. Um, even between like just little interactions that Susanna has like with uh, various friends throughout, you know, while preparing dinner for everyone. Um, she sees like a friend like getting pregnant and then she has like a little clip where she's like, oh yeah, I heard that you had a myth that you miscarried three months in. Like I was worried that that was going to happen to me too. And here she is like six months later, you know, like ha about to have a child, like in a few more months. And then I'm like, why would you ever yeah. say that to <laughs> someone? It. That is awful. Mm -hmm. And then you just see Susanna just wearing a smile and being like, yep, yeah, mm, good for you. Like, that's so great. Wow, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> like, and how she mentioned, like, oh no, she takes it in stride because then she mentions, oh, you know, like, uh, Robert and I were so excited that we finished the nursery before I was even three months pregnant. And then to not have the pregnancy, like, go through, like, you can just see, like, how much it weighs on them. And, you know, they keep trying to have a child. And then the the whole conversation of adoption gets brought up in the first act where you know uh Robert and Susanna are you know in bed and Susanna's thinking like she's like yeah I'm getting all this pressure from my parents being in my 30s um about having a child and you know maybe we should just try for adoption and then um Robert has like this completely skewed outlook on it where he's like oh well there's no way to predict their personality because it's not our child it's somebody else's child and it's like here he is even like being conditioned by his training as a cop like wanting to pounce on any sort of like action or just be or just kind of like uh predict every sort of move that is going to happen ahead of time that way you're never caught off guard it's like, why are you bringing that into your own personal life? Like, that's just going to cause so much unnecessary strain. And I just think that that's a nice motif that's being set up in the very beginning, you know, with him wanting to call in and report Hausner while he's off duty or just wanting to jump in on the action. I don't know. I really like that recurring uh, motif with this character. Yeah. I like that, like with Hausner, like you said, it's not, or even just, it's like reflective of the concept of maybe not police, but like, like, oh, this guy's too old to drive. We gotta make him stop driving. It's not about caring for Hausner. It's about just like, oh, you're not allowed to do that. It's the bureaucracy type. Like, no, you're like we're not here to resolve issues or conflicts or like suffering. We're here to just like make sure the rules are followed, and these rules are like sometimes arbitrary or created. And it's just, he's but he's so programmed. It feels compared to. Yeah, like that. Yeah, the Hausner thing was such a good intro to him being. Yeah, and, and Susanna's like the only one who shows like any sort of like concern for Hausner because like his his wife is, we assume, has been passed away for some time, and who knows where his children are because Alex is his grandchild and he's the only one who's actually visiting Hausner, and Hausner is like he's probably getting up in his eighties maybe he's like mid eighties and he's tending to a, an entire farm by, by himself. And in the car, like soon Susanna's like saying like, Oh, you know, I feel so bad for him. Like he's just all alone on this farm by himself and like nobody cares for him. And, and then like Robert's just like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta stop him driving. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Let's pull him over and I'll pistol whip him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll knock some sense into him. <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys think of uh, all the wood chopping scenes? Oh, that's him clearly working through that grief. Yeah, well, I think I th- obviously that. But <laughs> I, I think, uh, I don't know, I saw there was like a quote in it when he, uh, I think Hauser says it to Alex when he's like, I'll give it to you. You work good or whatever. And then he says like, oh yeah, um, you need to get a woman in order or whatever. And he's like, it won't be hard for you. You know, they see like work or whatever. Like they know a man who can work. And then everyone should have Babe Ruth this one of fucking <laughs> infertile Robert. And then she's, his wife's going to fuck uh, <laughs> Alex. So I'm like, is that part of the reason why they show, are they trying to like, also, uh, you know, convey that message too of yeah, because she a does working man yeah. is attractive, and you can obviously and she wants him, his yeah. genes. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I took oh. from it. Let's get full. That's what I took from it. Let's go full college paper and like <laughs> the wood is a phallic symbol and the repetitive pumping <laughs> motion of forcing the wood on the saw. <laughs> but no, I did. Yeah, that was one of those great moments where I also love just Hausner's growth. Like, non-commun... Not... Just visually. Like, he's so unkempt when mm-hmm. uh, Alex first visits him for that brief period before the bank robbery. And then as Alex stays with him, just working on the wood pile for the winter, he, like, he starts dressing nicer. Suzanne comes over a couple times, so he dresses even nicer, breaks out the accordion. He, like, looks at his wife's picture on the dining mm-hmm. table wall as he's playing sometimes. It's just... Oh, you see him, like... It's one of those things like you see a life return the Hausner. Yeah. And he's going to church and stuff. He's a religious man, mm-hmm. where Alex isn't. He's a heathen. I, I love too how <laughs> um, I love too how the relationship even deepens further too and like how Hausner is like kind of warming up to, to Alex. He's like, Yeah, have you like he we see him out in the orchard and then he picks up like an apple off the ground and like rubs it and then he's finally like being given the time that he didn't have beforehand because he was so busy tending to the farm. And then like, as Alex is like chopping the wood and stuff, he comes in there and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, give this a taste. And then he's like, yeah, like not bad. And he's like, yeah, it's like the best winter apples that you could ever find. And like, he's finally like being able to enjoy the time that he has left. Now that's a really, yeah, that's a really great take on it. And then I I got another one, the accordion. Anytime I was playing when Hausner was off screen, I was just like, oh, it's going to stop. It's going <laughs> to stop playing that randomly. And he's going to be passing. It's gonna stop. <laughs> Which I was kind of right. Did he, I forget, did Did he ever come back from the hospital? No, he was movie? still in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. So we don't really know what his fate is, but we do get kind of like, we do know that Alex is going to stay. And that's... You know, like that lasting shot of like the farm and stuff. It's really beautiful indicator of like the, the film having that glimmer of hope. Yeah. You know what I also just noticed too are, I think is like the first shot of the film is like the ripple from the water. Yeah. And it's I was like, oh, it's the gun. I just figured that out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's from yeah. Yeah, oh my it's gosh. the shot of the lake, and you have the, it has the credits and stuff, and then yeah, and then you see something get thrown into the water. And it's then... not the last shot, but it's like the second. I think 
That's so, the first shot, yeah. opening shot. No, it's the opening shot, but then uh, the shot of Alex throwing the gun, which I I think is my favorite shot. Yeah, that's film. mine too, yeah. Um, I think that, that was like second to last. Because the last shot is the one of the house, right? Yeah, the yeah. farm. Yeah. But I figured that's the gun. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a nice... It is. Nice touch. Because as the bubbles coming up, I remember when it was a mm-hmm. rock at the start. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's bubbles coming up from it. I'm like, what was in that? What was that rock? Yeah. It was a brown thing. Or... That was a great first shot, too. I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. <laughs> I, I feel like that moment where um, Alex finally does, desert, uh, does decide to not enact vengeance, I feel like that's so. that was so poignant for me to see on screen because it's like that's witnessing a shift in a mentality mm-hmm. within a matter of seconds. And it was all because like Alex or no, not Alex, but uh, Robert decided to turn back around. Yeah. And like right as he was going to leave and say like, you know, like if, you know, I would like let him kill me. But then he's like, but first I would ask him like, why did he bring his girlfriend with him? Like there was no need for her to be there. Like, if she, you know, she wasn't helping him drive, she wasn't helping him get away with anything, she was just sitting in the passenger seat. Yeah, so that's so good. And then, like, you just see it, like, wash over Alex's face in real time. And I feel like that is the most healthy form of learning that a person can do, is leading them to a moment of of uh, an emotional shift, or, like, you know, being able to take in that moment... That sort of ignites the fire. Because if you're trying to light the fire for somebody, they're never going to, like, learn how to do it themselves. Like, if you give them everything and, like, just guide them to the answer, to that sort of, um, like, epiphany moment, that's where the most amount of learning can be taken. Or can... I, I don't know. I'm oh, rambling yeah, at this I, point. <laughs> I completely agree. I think the, the most learning and we'll get is when we figure that ourselves mm-hmm. and sometimes we just need some breadcrumbs you know we need some help or along even, the way or even like a new perspective because mm-hmm. like because I mean, that was from like robert's perspective he's like because in in alex's mind he was just doing everything that he you know he did everything that he was supposed to do but because of some unfortunate accident he lost his girlfriend in the process but it's like no like yeah, yeah, Tamara, Tamara wanted to go with you, but no, you should have been, like, firm on it or not even done the bank robbery to begin with. It's like you're passing blame onto a completely... On somebody who's just doing their job, but, like, also, like, acted out in a very um, unprepared manner. And it's like everyone's guilty. Like, all you can do is just accept that and move on. And... It's a very, like, simplistic way to view it, but at the same time, it's like, Alex hadn't even considered that he was in the wrong. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that. I remember when she got killed, I was like, damn, if only she, he didn't have her yeah. in there. And then I, they, like, didn't even, like, revisit that until the, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just ties back around. That made me finally like Robert, is when he said that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really a fan of him beforehand. Oh, yeah, the... Yeah. Having the photo, like I, that was one of those again, like oh, it's setting up something. But it's one of those things, like you don't, don't do that, man. Yeah, <laughs> don't like, bring a photo of your first kill. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like yeah. stupid logic. For I, I get he was beaten up, but it was like one of those things of like 
Yeah, it's meant to like convey the mental strain he's actually going through. Yeah, because he end up he ends up having like a panic attack, and, and yeah, he's also from a, a very small village mm-hmm. where they probably don't tend to see homicides yes. at all. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, like yeah, it's not here where everyone's desensitized to the violence, <laughs> you know, out here. Yeah, yeah. Got the unique experience of just. Everyone sees a little bloodshed. It's all cool. Uh, but yeah, it was just so... That was one thing that really hurt my opinion of him. Yeah. And I was kind of like, eh. But he kind of... Even in the end, I, for me, he didn't fully come around. But it's not... Yeah. It's not really his movie to me anymore. It's, it's Alex's. But he helps Alex in that moment subvert the typical revenge trope, which I was really happy to see with this movie where, like Kevin said, he uh, Robert poses the question of, like, why do you bring her along? And that makes him reflect about, like, oh, it's like, I think a lot of the revenge films are, like, motivated by, like, typically the person's, like, own faults, but it's always passed on in the seeking of revenge. Like, uh, I think I Saw the Devil. Oh, a good yeah. One. It's yeah. A, it's a completely different movie, but, like... That goes all the way with the violence. That's all with sure. the violence and, like, the revenge, and it keeps getting higher and higher stakes. <laughs> it gets kind of, like, ludicrous a bit. But it's fun in its own way. But it was so refreshing to see this film not do that, where it's like, oh, like, oh yeah, I was like too nice, like the like the mobster said I was, like I caved into her like requests and I just brought her along without thinking about the ramifications. I mean, we, we do get the the revenge and the violence. It's all made up in him chopping up the wood. He uses the, <laughs> the machinery and then he uses the you know the axe and you know the violence is happening on screen. We just didn't get what we really wanted that's the quote like uh the best revenge is living a good life mm-hmm. yeah and also raising someone else's kid <laughs> yeah yeah uh i really enjoyed suzanne as well mm-hmm. oh she's terrific i think she almost could have been like i wish she was the main character yeah she could have mm-hmm. easily been the main character yeah of her and robert she is for me yeah, she's played yeah. by Ursula Strauss. I thought she did an incredible job. And you guys, I think you guys are right. Um, she is pretty much like the co-lead um, because uh, one of the early shots of the film, she was like the first character that was introduced, actually, um, where she was like peering out the window. And that's parallel to Alex doing literally the same thing. When we get introduced to him, he was also peering out the window. So I love the, the two shots um, where they're like on the same... Uh, perspective about life and yeah yeah I want more from her like perspective because it's like could you imagine all <laughs> having to hold all that in <laughs> like first of all you're already having an affair your husband can't get you pregnant then you purposefully basically bang this dude to get pregnant as at least I think this is what her mindset is yeah yeah and bang this dude to get her her Here's husband's not pregnant. even there for her emotionally either. She's, she's already cheating her. on her husband with another dude yeah. to get pregnant. And then she fi- come to find out she's actually banging the dude that her husband almost killed and <laughs> oh, yeah. killed her gro- his girlfriend. Yeah, like, <laughs> like started the entire like, like he's Yeah, her husband's like freaking out losing his mind because he murdered somebody and she's banging that the person responsible for the entire <laughs> thing some juicy drama <laughs> essentially I, i'm like that's a lot like, <laughs> i'm like you gotta be a strong woman 
What do, what, do you, person. what do you all think about the question that Alex posed to her, like, before, or I, I think it was, like, afterwards, he's like, oh, well, you seem to have, like, such a happy life with the cop, like, you have a beautiful house, you have, like, all these things, um, why, why are you sleeping with me? Like, he's like, what would your God think about this? Because, like, that's her whole, that's, like, one of her main, uh, things that is introduced to us is the fact that she picks up Hausner to go to church every Sunday. And like provides for him, and like has a lot of faith in God and whatnot. So, what what do you all think about um, her answer? Yeah, what did she say? She's like, he knows, or like or he, he would God, he would be God would accept it. Yeah, that God would yeah. be accepting of it. I don't know. She seems to not really care. Uh, she, I think she has the she has the non she has the other struggle that exists. And like she, she's comfortable in material needs, but she's not comfortable in like the other aspects of being a human. Yeah, like her husband's distant. They have all these horrible, not horrible, but like yeah, like the the friend of some other coworker cop wife. Like oh, you, you lost your kid. I'm I'm six months healthy as fuck. This is yeah. awesome. Like to her, and it's like oh, these all these people intentionally or not are just horrible in certain degrees and. It's probably not their faults, but she can be aware of it and struggle with that. Yeah, they're all, like, pretty dismissive of, like, her troubles. Like, even her, uh, I think her mother or, yeah. um, even said, like, oh, how are you not pregnant? Like, uh, like Robert said- is super, he's, like, athletic as hell. And, like, how is that not happening? And she just kind of, like, laughs at that because she's just, you know, yeah. Because she doesn't know what to say about that. Like, Yeah. Well, her mom doesn't know, didn't know that I guess he was infertile. Mm-hmm. But still, I'm like, I wonder if that's, like, a cultural thing there. Because I'd be, like, that's pretty fucked up to be, like, I didn't want to end up like you and lose my baby. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. That's... Like, if your friend said that to you. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, Jenny? <laughs> yeah, like, even even when Robert's, like, you know, still, like, really shaken up about the murder, I want to say it's, like, probably, like, a few weeks afterwards. And then he goes in and um, he goes into the little meeting room and then everyone's toasting to one of his coworkers having a child like the day before, and then he's like, "Oh, I can't. I'm on duty." He's like, "Come on, like, quit being so serious." And then he like just sets the drink down, goes in the other room, and starts having that panic attack. And I don't know. It's like everyone is just so un, like, no one's empathetic. Yeah. <laughs> like all of their like, all of their people in their social circles, like they're just so encapsulated with their own uh you know own personal bubbles like social bubbles that they don't even care about like the the weight that's being placed on and the strain that's being placed on robert and his marriage and whatnot i I think that's why um i also liked his character even though um the decision he made was horrible um i think through the acting and and like what you said um through seeing how dismissive everyone was of their feelings and how uh we can see that robert is empathetic of what he did like he he knows that what he did was horrible and that he's he didn't want her to die because that conversation that he had with her beforehand was you know well-intentioned it wasn't like he was um making her get out of the car trying to frisk her do anything terrible to her he um yeah he was it was will like it was just it just caught him off guard. Like he was just a well-meaning cop. It's not like he was corrupted or he was going to abuse his power because 
everyone in Tamara's life was abusing their power over her, you know, and the only way she could escape is to go with Alex. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that Tamara was also one of those characters who is very similar to Suzanne. Like, I think she probably wanted that same life and they're both like religious or I, I get the implication that, uh, Tamara is also religious cause she, yeah. she does some prayer, um, at least a couple times that I've seen her. And, um, I thought that was a very nice touch that they added, um, you know, that they didn't have to like be outward about it. Um, you know, you just notice it if you paid attention. And yeah, I think that's another, like the lack of empathy and even like Robert, he's not malicious, but he's, he's like the rules of the rules, Tamara or Tamara, the rules of the rules, Hauser, you can't drive. Like he's, if maybe she sees him being corrupted by these others that lack empathy and that's why she's like she's attracted to Alex and like the introduction of him being like oh you just have a kind heart like people can see through it even if you pretend to be a thug yeah like when, it all fits so well together I think in this film yeah like even when she when Alex like finally like reveals why he is so cold and distant after her like constantly like prodding him and she's like I finally understand you and and just just a whole wave of like empathy washes over her and like she's she is the only I want to say that she's probably the sole empathetic character of the entire movie. I mean, of course like everyone else has like levels of it, but I feel like she's the she's the front runner in terms of being able to identify with others and understand their struggles and see what they're going through. And I feel like she only gets pregnant to help Robert get out of this slump that he's in because I mean like she was like totally willing to adopt but seeing like how he's like completely rigid not only in his uh, work life but in his personal one being completely against adoption like I feel like she does this to satiate him in some way which is once again a part of that entire like moral gray area where she's very content with her life out other than that one area, which is Robert being completely unhappy and depressed and like going downhill. So I feel like she does it all for him in a way, which is also kind of like robbing her of her own wants and desires. I don't know. Yeah, I think you make a good point. She's definitely the most empathetic. And yeah, I think she did do it for him. God, that's fucking, that's tough. <laughs> that that scene where Alex comes over and they um they have sex in the on that table and like they're like silhouettes, like the sh- they're like covered in shadow. I thought that was so well done because you know a lot of movies nowadays will like idealize or sexualize a sex scene where, but for this like. I like that it was done different. It was still like erotic, like it was still like very hot and passionate scene, but like I loved how well filmed it was. So like, hot. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. But but like, yeah, I see. I think it was like, compared a, to the brothel stuff at the start where you see everything and it's just mm-hmm. like, there's like a weird disconnect from the intimacy aspect of physical. Right. It's like the thing about, yeah, it's not intercourse or whatever. It's like a job. She's mm-hmm. clocking in and it's a weirdly 
don't know. I just felt like it was a thing about that, like disconnecting where when Alex and Suzanne do it, mm-hmm. it's like purposely, like you said, silhouetted. It's very yeah, passionate when they show intimacy, and it's very like raw, and I like that. That's how they display, um, you know, human affection and sex and stuff like that. Like the violence isn't idealized either. You know, like we don't really see blood when Tamara dies, you know, but we know that she was shot fatally and we see the pictures and stuff. Um, yeah, I just loved how, yeah, incredibly like raw and authentic it all felt. And, um, I just want to shout out that scene cause like that was really well done and like, Oh yeah. That it, shot. I just can't imagine how difficult, you know, the actors like had to put on, you know, for that performance and just like the cinematography alone, like of like Alex walking through the forest and you can barely see anything but like the flashlight that he has in his hand. And yeah, like he's like also like a shadow walking through the forest and, um, it's so like beautifully shot and I love that the film didn't have a score so that it can like manipulate you during the emotional moments. It's just like, you just hear silence sometimes or you hear the birds chirping or you see the wind uh, breezing through you know the trees and um yeah 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 i love this film um it's helping it's you know i think that watching this film over again like helps me kind of move through and get past things in life because you know the only like blame you can have at the end of the day is like on yourself like you have to take accountability for the things that don't go your way and um i think that was a really like strong message that this film uh, portrayed so um yeah as we uh close out this episode do we have any lasting thoughts that we want to leave before we end it uh watch the movie it's really even just I don't know, I think from like a story structural point, like it's, it's pretty amazing how like everything's a puzzle. Everything feeds directly into something else. Like uh, Tyler said with the gun at the start and all that. It's just so, mm-hmm. so uh, immaculately constructed. It's a good pace too. There's never like a dull moment really. But yeah, great movie. Watch it. Just go watch it. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that, like what you said, Tyler, that um, even though there are, like, I guess, subtle doll moments, like, it doesn't feel, like, that boring, you know? You see Alex basically go to work. You watch a man, like, just chop wood. Yeah. For some people, there's, you know, I can see some people just, like, not wanting to watch this movie because you don't want to watch someone just chop wood. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is this leading up to, you know? Um because it does feel mundane seeing somebody do that but like for me i get a lot of engagement from it because it feels real like this is an actor legitimately cutting wood he's like going to work you know and that world feels so lived in like this he he doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a performance it just feels like a person who's actually doing that and all the characters feel that way with hausner playing his music and you know, Suzanne and, and Tamara, like, everyone feels, like, right for those roles. 
so yeah, definitely see this film. Uh, it's like we said earlier, it's streaming on Criterion Channel and HBO Max. So um, give this film a shot. It's yeah, one of the best like revenge anti anti revenge I guess uh, films I've se- I've ever seen. And um, yeah, thank you guys for watching this film, and uh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I figured I recommend it because there aren't a lot of talks about this film in general and um yeah there aren't very many reviews on this film at all either so you know yeah hopefully uh we can be one of them that people go to and hear us talk about so yeah those are my thoughts and um yeah those are our thoughts for the episode thank you guys for tuning in i know it's been a long time but we'll get more episodes out soon and we'll see you next time